0: You are listening to, are listening to listening Is There an, to, an Echo in Here, a podcast about Echo and the bunny moon.
1: Cash cans over by you now. Under the desk. I
0: did. Nice shot. Thank you. So Oh yeah, this is a podcast about Echo and the Bunnymen. Sure is. The band. Um, since the beginning. It's all we've talked about. This is like year two. Yeah. Right? It's going a while now. This is the Lord's year twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> um
1: this is our. It's, woo,
0: it's been a been a exciting time, hasn't it? Fungy yes. One.
1: Oh, what I would give for a dull moment,
0: <laughs> as Stephen Colbert said. Yeah. We I have stole to that joke for him. Yeah, we can't because he'll come. They'll call us, and we'll have a lawsuit. filed Oh yeah. Against us when he listens. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess this is my favorite episode that we've ever done. Really. I need to start plugging it on the internet. Well, because it's coming out. It's coming I, soon. I just haven't. Yeah.
1: That's all right. So, yes, a really good one.
0: Yeah. This is my favorite. I'm not one. in it. <laughs> I know.
1: She says that about all the ones I'm not in.
0: <gasps> it's true. And I need you to be there because I need someone um, to keep me from like walking around on these important calls and like not to be like, whoa. Wow, like every five seconds. Whoa. But we needed dude. someone to watch our kid and we you know Yeah, totally. And that's that was you. So I did it and um
1: I think you did a wonderful job. Thank you, you know. Yeah.
0: It it was interesting really to did. talk to this individual because he was talking about hanging out with the bunny men and feeling this like, you know, nervous excitement mm-hmm. that I was experiencing. Talking to him. Yeah. The feeling he had when he was 18 with this famous band is the feeling I have at 42. Talking Talking to to him
1: him (laughs) about this famous band. Yes. So you're like the second degree?
0: Second degree. Yeah. Yep, I am. You know?
1: So he's like one degree. So you're just getting one one degree of the excitement.
0: From the band? That he was feeling. Yes, but you know what?
1: And then our listeners are getting like they're in the third degree.
0: They're in the third degree. Enjoying That's right. your
1: conversation with this guy.
0: They can just listen to Will Sargent's uh radio show. <laughs>
1: and they'll be second degrees in that, in right. that case. Yes. Except that but there's they no w- back and forth.
0: Well, also they won't they won't experience the first degree to this guy because to me this is kind of an end uh, in and of itself. Okay, to talk to him.
1: <laughs> Brilliant.
0: Brilliant. <laughs> well, no, for real, because like, yeah, that's no, true. Since I feel the that when I hear it. I know, this is a person. Okay, this is how I think about this. What's guy. his name? His name is Peter Allen. Ah. Okay. Um. He's like I think of him as like their, like apostle, um, or something. That yeah. He, you know, he didn't give me any credentials or like a resume to look up and i have trouble finding out stuff about him online and that's kind of how they are in europe i want to say which they you know england's still a part of that world is that like they don't do credentials in a way that i wish they didn't here? like I i made business cards when i went on tour with shane Cause I was like, oh, I just got out of grad school in and Europe. I hated making them yeah. and I hate, but I would pass them around right, cause people were doing that for a second. I feel like in like 2000, what 11? I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
1: 2011 it was.
0: Paper, yeah. you know, whatever things. Here's and my people, card. They would laugh at me. Yeah. Like, that's literally. really funny. Would just be.
1: All the Europeans.
0: Yeah. And then yeah, there was that guy, there was that photographer guy when we were there. He was like, Oh, Americans Nicholas always asks what people do. Nicholas. They do. Yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah.
1: Nicholas. He directed the film, uh step across the border yep. amongst other documentaries.
0: Yeah. Where is he from?
1: He's German. He's German. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, we, yeah. Even in Germany and they're really I don't know. I don't know even another way to say. Formal it. or something. They're formal and like, you know, just, they even they think they, they, they don't want your business card. They don't want your but they don't want to know what you did and your little list of accomplishments and it's embarrassing as it should be here.
1: Yeah, people um, are ready to to List the resume yeah, you as know. a greeting.
0: And I even asked this guy, can I get your resume? And he still hasn't I always try <laughs>
1: to avoid that, like the plague.
0: God, I know.
1: Just like I'm trying to now avoid the plague, like
0: the plague. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, Shane ate like a like a ganja goo ball and had a meltdown. He like ate it. He looked at the news, read it all day long, which is blah, 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 you know, I don't know, we need to... And then he ate some weed after like yeah, an impulse, I found it in the
1: freezer. I was cleaning out the freezer. I was like, "Oh man, this is like two years old." we
0: were cleaning out the freezer to, to put in the stockpile. Put of in foods. my panic
1: buying of food. <laughs> he found because of uh, the old uh, pandemic. Yeah, that's coming. It's sweeping uh, the nation. Yep, canceling everything except for our podcast. Yeah, because can... we're working from home, and that's what they tell you to do: self quarantine and work from home forever.
0: Yeah,
1: well. Probably a few months would eradicate it. Okay, all right. Is what they're thinking.
0: Well, we should start making more podcasts to go along with this because we'll have some time on our hands finally. Maybe so.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I'm have to take out a loan. <laughs>
0: Sorry. I Maybe might, they should. I might have someone. to take out a loan. Really? Yeah. I musicians mean, are suffering, guys. Yeah. Buy, buy. Uh, if you have musicians that you love and want to buy their their stuff now is the time festivals are being canceled here in the states and abroad and let's uh yeah are we all gonna die
1: yeah who knows all right. yeah I, I just got me thinking about like did <laughs> just buy digital you know like i don't want to go to the post office uh, and then i started thinking about how it like my if it lives for nine days on services, like is it going to disrupt the whole postal system? Probably.
0: Elena licked the counter at the library the other day. Oh, what yeah. am I going to do? You know. Always,
1: yeah. Well, we're <gasps> hoping for the best. Everybody, hope this comes out, and we're feeling like we're getting. Can the, do another one ever in again. The clear uh, by the time this hits. Yeah. Anyhow.
0: Anyway, so... so back uh, to the bunny men,
1: This important yeah. stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the beautiful aspects of life.
1: Yeah, you have to keep doing what you're doing. My yeah. friend Wendy Beth Hyman, who's a professor, she's one of the greatest Shakespeare scholars in the country, and she yeah. said today, you know, like, on her Facebook post, was just talking about...
0: How she'll be sitting at home reading Shakespeare? No,
1: how you <laughs> make your art do what you do. And then she's like, you know, th- this guy... Was writing during the black plague and like held up the book of shakespeare's works you know like if you you write music write music if you you, you're going to need to document this time for humanity and uh she she gave this lecture actually to her class at oberlin Mm -hmm. college before the
0: class would cancel what's that before they were canceled definitely. probably yeah
1: i mean yeah as, her, as, as a goodbye maybe it's <laughs> her goodbye lecture
0: that's a beautiful goodbye yeah oh I up to it. she's
1: wonderful yeah she's she what's was her name again wendy beth hyman okay. she has several books published about shakespeare you can read
0: you can read her book you can buy yeah. one of her books
1: yeah she is someone that she'd be who i want to get a pep talk from her
0: yeah yeah. yeah oh okay well thanks for bringing her in yeah yeah to this thing that we do mm-hmm. um You know, and like, usually when we start off the show, I ask you what you've been doing, but we think we already explained that. I've just been having a panic attack. (laughs) (laughs) panic attack, so. Yeah, so.
1: But
2: now. So getting
0: to talk to this guy. Yeah. um, This, so getting to talk to Peter Allen. um, Yeah, he didn't give me a resume, but I can kind of tell you about what he does, and um, he'll tell you more, but, um, and I still don't know if some of the things he does are secret. You know? Well, we could just we'll just cut it out if it is. Okay, here's the deal. Okay, let me just tell you. Here's the deal with this guy. So he... He's their guy. He's their guy. Okay? He's traveled the world. I'll say this in the podcast, but he's traveled the world with them, you know... Several times. I mean, yeah, yeah. many yeah. in various configurations. He lived with them lived in the 80s. with them in the 80s in the Bunny Man house. Um, he or mansion. No, it's not a mansion. It's not. No. Um, and he did a fanzine about them in the early early part of their uh career. Yeah. Um, echoing the bunny men. Mm-hmm. He, you know, has won awards for doing their website. And he has answered fan mail. Um and so I think of him as like he is he kind of represents them to the world, you know? Yeah. He's like He's like the coherent person who meets you at the gate of like an enchanted world (laughs) when you're going, you know, who's like coherent, gives you like some information, um, a magical item that may be of use to you as you enter this, you know, uh, you know, whatever world this is. So it'd be kind of like Obi-Wan Kenobi in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you think of some Glinda the Good Witch? Um, that, That character in Spirited Away. When she first arrives, and and this guy helps her hide and gives her like piece oh yeah, of yeah, candy yeah. Or something. Uh-huh,
1: like some kind of spirit guide yeah to like, be like, like yeah
0: you know because I contacted him and asked him if he would um, be on the podcast like
1: Dumbledore kind of
0: like Dumbledore and who's who's Agent Cooper's best friend Harry Harry Truman like Harry Truman in Twin Peaks in Twin Peaks yep exactly but. This guy, I mean, yeah, like I said, the coherence. And just also, he's full of wonder.
1: Yeah, I can hear that.
0: This deep intelligence and wisdom. But also, you know, there's something like he's still like starstruck by the band. Right. Which I love that about people. Ian McCulloch, the lead singer back on The Bunnymen, like it never lost that wonder of like being a fan and being starstruck yeah. by That's great. like you know Bowie or right. um you know he lights up when he talks about Leonard Cohen even if he's just like going to talk trash about somebody he becomes really animated when he's talking about the people right. that he's a fan of because when you're a fan of someone you kind of get to project your goodness onto them and even if it's not an individual it's the collective of the band and the whole time I was on the phone with this guy, he was playing. Um, he was I could hear ocean rain in the background. Wow, like playing. It's almost it like, like he, ceremonious. Ceremonious, like he's reminding, like he's representing this creature, this band, this entity. Yeah. and like he just is going to light the incense of his. And he
1: is, you know, and yeah. uh, and uh, you know, and and we're so lucky we're so lucky and we're also like you know broadcasting their their gospel and if he's one of their apostles then he can amplify
0: yeah the whole the teachings the whole
1: whole cult you know
0: (laughs) yeah yeah so i think of him so this is a person i mean this interview there's anecdotal stories but there's also like you know larger contextualizations of like big things that happen yeah. in this band and a real understanding and diplomacy. I mean, and also just nitty gritty. I mean, you get to hear about like some of the details of like Les Pattinson's house.
1: Yeah. Just the daily life with uh, the Bunnymen. It is. During, in- just throughout their career, like every phase of their career starting in the early eighties. Yeah. I mean, and it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, uh, I got the sense that he was like like, smiling for the whole conversation. Just, he, he has, like, a real openness and enthusiasm, and there was this kind of just, like, like... Like you said, there's a wonder, and just kind of, like, he's blown away by it all, too, you know? Yeah. Like, he's just like, wow, I'm participating in this crazy thing, and it's so cool, you know? And and, and, it is, and it's interesting, because you don't... What is he doing exactly? I mean, he's also, like... He's doing publicity, like, you know, he's doing... like, if, like if you He's had kind of the reason like, I'm
0: doing this podcast, honestly, yeah. is, like, the... The bunny, well, I can't say what he does. Anyway, but he, he really like, cause we touched base with him early. And uh-huh. so it was kind of like, I felt like a goodness emanating from this whole thing, this yeah. whole situation. It made right. me want to do this podcast. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. If, this, if he had been kind of a dick or standoffish or a little, you know, it yeah. would have been.
1: Oh, maybe don't do that.
0: Yeah. But he was like, right. oh, he
1: was just like, yeah, go for it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't know who I was talking to. I knew it was a tentacle of bunny men-ness. Yeah. Not that he gave me, like, official legal permission to no, do but anything, were... but he was just, like, a welcoming, yeah. you know, person that you need. Um, oh, I'm so excited for everyone to hear I'm it. just so excited, you know? I mean, um, it's just so nice to know there's someone who's, like, sitting in the background of this madness just watching with open eyes, and we're going to get to hear him recount what he's seen. So I just have to say that, um, you know, do the usual kind of, like, the phone call was not clear... Uh, oh, uh-huh. there were technical difficulties. I blame just living in the mountains. We can't get an internet signal. Ooh, to... Our internet sucks. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So I apologize. Most of it's clear. It's annoying at times. Um, you know, I'm, I won't stop ooing and eyeing after every single thing he says. And I got to say this one thing, like it is the biggest cliche in the States, at least like every comedy, like Saturday Night Live has done multiple skits about this fact it cannot be overstated Americans i'm just speak for white americans who have parents with american accents if you have an american accent you love the british accent you can't handle how cool everything they're saying sounds yeah i mean you true. cannot be I just everything he said like I could not. He was asking me if I'd seen things or listened to things, and I just was like, I would say no. Like I haven't seen Life Brian's. Of course I have. I'm just like you know, say garage again. Like whatever you know. Yeah. Were you were doing that too when we listened to his interview on the way to Florida? You every every time a sentence would end, Shane would <laughs> repeat his favorite word that he said from that sentence. <laughs> like whether it was like castle or you know it was just like i was just blown away i think it would take me like three years of like living there before i got over how cool yeah and smart everyone sounded so
1: yeah it's uh it's very comforting
0: my daughter once she asked me to read books to her in a british accent prefers me her own mothers to to you know oh, yeah so
1: especially harry potter is nice
0: she, well, any of them, actually. Yeah. That toilet book she hadn't read. <laughs> Jackson, the funny. Princess and Potty. All right. So, without further ado, introducing Peter Allen. not to be. Don't
2: you see? Don't you see? Starting recording.
3: Okay.
0: Oh, my God you have been uh with the band from the beginning kind of working behind the scenes you have written a a zine about them you have run their website you have lived with members of the band you have toured the world with the band yeah um so you are very close to this band and to begin your journey do you kind of want to talk about how you discovered them
2: sure
3: um (laughs) it was a bit it was a bit of a strange way the, the way I sort of discovered the bunny man um it was around um I would say probably around the time of a promise um and I was round at a friend's house and his sister was this spitting image of Susie Sue with all the big backcombed hair and everything. And um, she was playing uh, music and I used to go in and listen to her music. And uh, she had a copy of uh, Shine So Hard on vinyl and um, I pinched it Uh, (laughs) and uh, I didn't pinch it. I, I borrowed it, she lent it to me, but I've never returned it. Uh, shall we say, and that was, was was my introduction to them. And then I didn't know what they looked like or anything like that. I just heard them. And then um, in the UK we had um, music press like NME, Melody Maker, and Sounds, and um, which were weekly newspapers uh, just on music. And um, and that's when I. Got to see what they look like I thought hey they they look pretty cool and uh, yeah and it was from there was, that's that's how I got into them and then I kind of got a bit obsessed with them and um,
0: and can I, you tell me where yep. you were growing up and maybe about what age you were around
3: yeah so I was, I was growing up um, in a in a seaside town um, called living St Anne's, which is near Blackpool, and um, uh, which is northwest coast, um, and it's there's not a lot goes on there. Um, it's just like a quiet seaside town where people go to retire and die, basically. Um, so th- there wasn't much going on, and I was about, I would've been r- roughly about. Um, how old was I been? Um, then probably about, let me think, um, 11, 12, I think. So I was quite young. Okay. So, and all my, my school pals were, you know, we, we didn't call ourselves goths in those days. We're just alternative. And, uh, people call it goth now or emo or whatever you know in those days you, you're just alternative <laughs> and uh, yeah so that's you know once we saw you know saw what ian looked like you know you're, you're there back combing your hair trying to get and then get getting your overcoats and get getting your sunglasses and going to school in the winter in your sunglasses and um yeah so it, it that's the kind of um you know, there was there was no big towns but particularly close. Um, but one big uh, event that did happen was um, when the Smiths released their first album. They they toured and played in, in the next town, and uh, and I went I went to that concert, and uh, long with the men and the Smiths, it was a real sort of very, very exciting time for music. Um, you know, but I stuck with the men because they're a bit more rough and ready, shall we say.
0: <laughs> right, totally.
3: Yeah, yes. yeah.
0: And they're from sister cities, you were saying earlier before we started recording. Yeah,
3: yeah, so they're-, yeah. they're
0: I Currently uh, live in Manchester,
3: yeah. Yeah, I live in Manchester now and support Manchester United. And they live in Liverpool, sports in Liverpool. And um, which I, I don't know if you're aware, they're huge rivals in, in soccer, in football. So there's, there's always uh, some heated conversations, shall we say. Right. but in, in a fun way, in a fun way. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so the rival cities and um, the... The, the rivalry—it's—it's—it's it's, it's friendly rivalry. It always has been because Manchester used to have, um, you know, the Hacienda and New Order and you know, uh, all these different bands and Joy Division and so on. The
2: Fall.
3: Uh, yeah, the Fall. Um, where Liverpool had, you know, had their equivalents, and they all used to play together. You know, the the, the Bunny mentored with with the four, and toured with, you know, played with Joy Division and so on, you know. So there always friends, you know, everyone was always friends, um, yeah. Right. But but then um, in those days, but well, when I, I think I was about 16, I uh, started. So this probably would have been around the time of, let me think, probably getting around... To just before Ocean Rain coming out, um, I thought I'd start to do a fanzine, do a zine on them, and uh, because it, it's 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 hard to remember, you know, um, particularly for new fans. There's no internet, you know, there's nothing, yeah. You know, um, so
0: fanzines were everything.
3: Yeah, the yeah, town. they're they're great. Right. They're great fun. Um, you know, you got your little stencil out, and you're rubbing each letter, you know, to do a, uh, a title on a page and uh uh yeah, it's really good fun, it's exciting, and you got your tap tapping away on a typewriter in your bedroom. Yeah. And uh, yes. so I did, I, yeah, so I did a fanzine called Echoing the Bunny Man. And um, and uh, I used I think I did about I need to check on this, but I think I did about 10 issues altogether. together and
0: it's still legendary. Like, everyone yeah, yeah.
3: And mine, there was another one. I think there was two of There's one in America called echoes. And right. there was another one run by a lad um, in the UK. His was posh. He, his, his was called uh, bluer skies. <gasps>
0: Bluer skies, yes. Yeah, I see that one. I yeah, on
3: and on um, internet. But but Ian liked mine the best. He said because the spelling was appalling in it, and he said it used to make me <laughs> laugh all the time. Yeah. And um, so so I used to do these fanzines on the on the band and uh, stand outside the gigs selling them. And the money you you made from them, you then use that to go to your next gig and so on um so which was which was great you know uh it was exciting and that, that was in the 80s and <laughs> and uh, and then through that um i got to know the band you know it, it'd be a case of you'd phone up their op- they used to have a, an office in liverpool um on a road called rodney street and uh the other rehearsal space upstairs and it was above a corner shop, above like a grocery store. And uh, so I used to get, get the bus over and uh, go and be a very nervous young lad, so you know, wanting to speak to them. And, uh, yeah, they must have thought I was bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> but they're always, you know, they're always really, really welcoming. And, uh, you know, if... One wasn't. I remember one occasion. Um, Will was living not so far away, literally across the road, and I was meant to be interviewing Ian, and Ian didn't turn up, which is typical uh, of him.
2: Yes.
3: And um, so I said, "Oh, come on, we'll go around to Will's." And so, we're, so we're knocking on his door. I can't remember. He's one of the road crew took me. So and Will answered. Yeah. And Will's very dry uh and uh he's like what do you want <laughs> i came to interview and he won't turn up at this time you know going on like this i ended up interviewing him and uh, you know he is it was the worst interview i've ever done in my life who's uh i was just aghast you know just like oh my god i'm in the same room as, as my idol like, yeah. Yeah, so, so one thing led on to another, you know, and um, it all sort of, as I got older, when, um, when I was eight, 18, 19, I left home, I was working in a record shop um, at home, and an opportunity came to go to the Liverpool record shop, and... Um,
0: is, that, is it Probe, or a different
3: one? No, 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 I wish it was. Um, it, it, it was, we had a chain in Britain called Our Price, um, and, um, it was going work in their Liverpool branch. And I was on the phone to, um, Jake, uh, Jake Brockman, who, yeah. um, played keyboards for them. you know, he, he, he was basically the fifth bunny man yes. and, um, and he said, well, come and live with us. <laughs> What what? <laughs> and he said, Come come and live with us on our at Sefton Park in the house. And it was like, What? <laughs> That's what I, yeah, I was just come to leave it. And um, so he said, Yeah, come and live with us while well, you sort yourself out. And uh, so I lived with them I think it must have been for about a year. it seems about a year, um, looking back on it. And I don't know if you ever seen uh, any footage of of the house they have? Well,
0: is it the one where they're they're rehearsing for um, self-titled album, where yeah. um, that it, and is that on Ainsburg? How do you say that?
3: Egbert Egg, Drive.
0: Egbert. Okay. Egbert yeah. Drive. Yeah. Um, yeah. That. So that is your bedroom that yeah. <laughs> they are practicing in. That's a large room. Yeah. It like a very beautiful house.
3: Yeah, it okay. was. But the, the it... house was, um, nowadays, it'd be worth millions. Right. Um, but they had, the whole house, the house was huge, it was huge. It was a big Victorian villa, and it was owned by um, a sugar merchant um, from the Victorian days, and um, they, everyone in the house, no one paid any rent so it's a bit like a squat but a a very well organized squat shall we say and um, so each there was different people on each floor and the bunny man had the top floor and the top floor was were, were all the servants quarters from when it was a big grand house you see and um so you had these huge rooms up there with um yeah with big open fires in them and uh and in the middle of the floor in the hallway used to be a big stained glass window for for the big hallway underneath so uh yeah it was it was amazing and uh you know people used to ride the motorbikes up the stairs and um to get (laughs) to to the top Uh, so when i when i lived there there was there was me there was me jake Uh, Pete used to come down quite a bit um, because Pete was um, I'm just trying I'm probably getting all my dates wrong here but Pete was with uh, Jono his his partner um, uh, who he had a daughter with um, Her
0: name was Jono okay I'm glad to know
3: yeah
0: everything yes
3: Um, if you if you sort of search around on the internet you'll yeah. you'll, you'll find her um, because you'll you'll find um, his daughter um, yes you
0: will what a gracious person
3: yeah to,
0: yeah to comments directly on a lot of the posts about him and videos yeah and, um, yeah yeah yeah
3: she's very you know she's very uh she you know she likes to find things out about her dad and hear stories about her dad, which is nice. Yeah, um, it is. And,
2: really and she funny. still
3: comes to some of the shows in London. Um, she, you know, it's a given she's always on the guest list, you know, uh, for every every show. Um, and, and she, yeah, I think Will and Les are, are still um, in touch, you know, pretty close to her. Um, yeah, but she's good. She's good. So. So yeah, so there were, and then it, 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 the house was bonkers. There was always something going on. You, you know, it was in one room there was, was there was uh, a motorbike garage. You got to remember on the top floor, so you, people were riding. You know, Pete would be riding his motorbike up, and uh, and there'd just be bits of motorbikes everywhere. Another room there was a huge greenhouse in it. For growing plants, and you know, because it was like it was very, it was like a jungle in there. It was because of all these huge tropical plants, and uh, yeah, and then there'd be local artists painting in other rooms and uh, with huge canvases. Um, And Tim
0: Whitaker lived there, right? And he, yeah, Tim, Tim, yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah, so Tim uh, Tim was an incredibly talented artist. I've been looking I, uh,
0: at his paintings um yeah. preparing for this interview and they are gorgeous.
3: Yeah, he he used to do these weird sort of collages uh with with he he would print onto like tissue paper um and then layer them all up on top of each other. It was amazing. Um and obviously he was in deaf school as well. Yeah, so and then you, you know, you just had all these. It was mad, it was you, you, you got to remember, I was an 18-year-old, first time away from home, and I I'd just been sort of thrown into this environment. You know, uh, members of Teardrops would be dropping round for a cup of tea, and um, China Crisis, OMD, and it was just, it was, it was, it was weird. It was really strange, and I'd just be sat in the corner in the kitchen, all quiet. Yeah, <laughs> just watching it all going on.
2: A bit of your stereotyp see what's a happen people rolling around on the carpet.
3: But it was like um Liverpool's version of um of factory in New York. Right. yeah just yes. full of uh, really talented people um, yeah it was, it was it was a great great time and um, there used to be well there still is there's a pub called um, the the Albert which was on a, uh, a road just around the corner on Lark Lane on a road called Lark Lane and uh, that was that was um, I mean if you did a Google map search you put, Albert pub, Lark Lane in Liverpool, it would come up and, uh, um, it was that, you know, you kind of went there every other night in the evenings and it was, it was just mad. It was just full of characters, you know, uh, of all these musicians because the area we, we were in, uh, on Egbert Drive, which is, uh, now it's really posh, um, but at the time, it wasn't particularly posh, so there was lots of um, bed sits and flats, apartments. You know, so people with not so much money would go and live in that area. You know, um, you know, creative people. So it it, it produced a really good uh, good atmosphere, good vibe. Um, yeah, so that's how I, I kind of got to know them um, through that. And so, and Ian used to live about 15 minutes walk away 50 Uh, or
0: 15
3: about about 15 minutes away okay but he lived out. he lived in a posh bit right yes
0: Uh, because
3: he 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 had a
0: family by then too yeah
3: yeah so him and Lorraine um lived down this private road and they live next door to Janice Long, you know the DJ. I don't know if you've heard of her.
0: I she, haven't.
3: She's 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 really famous in in Britain as um, she's a Liv- Liverpoolian uh, de- radio DJ, BBC, and uh, she was very influential um, in the music scene ar- around that period. So she, they used to live next door to each other. They, my, Ian's house at the time was. Um, was just this beautiful victorian white house with the big steps going up to it and uh uh and when you went into it it, everything was just really minimalistic and beautiful as you'd expect it to be yeah
0: totally i that is what i would imagine
2: yeah and
0: i think he you know talking in this house maybe in an interview he did in brazil that he's just so pleased to have this home yeah um so for his family and just yeah yeah, but he wasn't far away so i imagine he was frequent uh, yeah so
3: les was les was living um in a place called southport uh, at the time and um with his wife and i think louis is Louis the oldest? Was because um, he's named after Pete.
0: Oh right, his middle name.
3: Yeah, I'm sure I can't remember which. It's because he's got two children. He's got a boy and a girl. But they uh, they lived in Southport, um, which is a uh, like a, a Liverpool seaside town, which is very nice. And then Will was living where he still lives now um, in an old mausoleum. So, which is its uh, <laughs> most bizarre, beautiful place. In his lounge is where they would have laid the body out. Um, wow. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, it's the more saloon to a big old stately home, um, and the stately home is is now a girls' school. Um, but he's at the side of it. So yeah, out, out in the countryside.
0: Uh, of course. Yeah, I always think of him out in the country somehow. And yeah. I always think of, you know, you saying that reminds me of when he cut his guitar into a coffin shape as a kid. It's like a <laughs> premonition. <laughs> well, so here you are suddenly thrown into this this mm. world of Liverpool. Can you, since you are someone who has, um, inhabited both cities, how do yeah. they, com- you could probably give us an insider you know, inside and how, how like, the Liverpool scene presented itself, because it seems slightly more theatrical to us and less stripped down than the Manchester scene. But I, I wondered, you know, what you had to say about those two.
3: Um, I, I'd probably, probably a shot for this. I'd probably say that the, the Manchester scene was was bigger um it was it was it was bigger than the liverpool scene the, i always for me the liverpool scene was always a bit more garage bandy um right. it's a bit more where manchester they seem to be a, a little bit more organized um where i always thought with with liverpool there was sort of playing it a bit, kind of creating it as they went along, where the Bunny Men were the massive, massive standout band from Liverpool. They were the, the big success band from Liverpool, you know, along with uh, OMD as well. Um, you know, they, they were the bands that um, sort of maintained that success, where in, in Manchester you had the likes of New Order, you had the likes of the Smiths, um, the Fall, um, and you you had more venues, more places to play in Manchester because Manchester as a city is bigger. Um, the city sense is a lot bigger, um, and it's I don't know. It, I would I would say. The Liverpool, the Manchester scene, in my eyes, was was a bit more well organised. I would say.
0: Right. Yeah.
3: Not as as fly by the seat of your pants, as as Liverpool was.
0: That is kind of our sense, in that there was a little more of a a stripped down, just sort of a harder, more choreographed kind of um, music yeah. and scene coming out of that city. Now I wanna I wanna say because I'm looking over some of the notes that I took and you kind of gave a list of things that we could cover. And it <laughs> reads kind of like poetry or like chapter titles. And there's so many things that I'm curious about. I mean there's especially Ian and the magician at the Lark Lane restaurant, but you know, <laughs> we can kind of go down in order. I think that
3: No just you know them however you want
0: <laughs> just just ran well I do want to ask this so okay so after you're living there you're going to continue to rem- you're going to remain close to the band yeah you're going to travel with them in various configurations for example you work with and you know this is a spoiler alert for our podcast but there will be a new lead singer for a period yeah um during reverberation you toured with that configuration and yeah. also Ian's solo tours <laughs> um, yeah do you want to just take us down that road for a minute how it just all continued
3: yeah sure I mean um, right because the Ian decided that um, he wanted to go solo um, you know I think there was people at record companies saying, oh, you, you know, you could do this all by yourself. And, you know, you're the band, right. you know, um, which I think happens a lot in in, in the music industry. And, um, and he, 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 you know, they decided, you know, I think there was other factors going on, which we won't go into. Um, but right. the, uh, so the band, he decided to leave, the band um, and I don't think the band split it was just Ian wanted to go his own way and um, so he um, so they started to look for a new singer and uh, Noel who worked in a local bookshop um, who'd been in a band in an Irish band called Saint Fighters Dance and um, the, the the issue with Noel, who's too nice, <laughs> who's right. su- such a nice bloke. Um, he
0: seems to be. In interviews and then everything I hear, he seems like, so yeah, such a nice guy. Yeah, clearly.
3: yeah. And he didn't stand a chance. He didn't stand a chance because um, the band musically he he was a great musician he's got a very his voice is completely different than Ian's completely different which you you'll know yourself and um and the press were just out to um wanting them to fail straight away which was a real shame and when you um so when they um released the first out well the the first gig They did was uh, they did two nights in a place called Bootle. Um, I don't know. Do do, do you know about this these gigs? So
0: no, I do not. uh,
3: Oh, this they did two nights um, in as a charity concert, and this was launching uh, Noel on onto the scene. And um, they did these two concerts in a uh, in a community centre. So this is like if you can imagine your local village hall or you know, where, where they have, uh, t- you know, they'll do uh, Christmas fates in it and things, you know. it's yes. nothing
2: nowhere yes. big.
3: And uh, so they did two nights to raise money for this Bootle community centre. And um, Bill Drummond said, I've got a band called the KLF. Uh, we'll come on stage. Oh, wow and uh so halfway through the set the klf came on and uh it was absolutely oh, wow. amazing oh. but bonkers and um and there were the, the warm-up band was a band called benny profane um who were a liverpool band so benny profane were the opening band then it was the bunny men and they I trying to i think they played a couple of Old Bunnyman songs, if I remember rightly, but the rest was all new material. And halfway through the set, the KLF came on and did "What Time Is Love," uh, just b- blasting out. Uh, yep. And, and then they went off, and then the Bunnyman continued. <laughs> but the but when the KLF were on, the Bunnyman willed, and you know everyone was playing uh, their instruments at the same time um as well and i if i remember right i think pete had passed away by this time so it was damon on drums as well
0: right
3: yeah because pete died before the album was recorded if I remember rightly i'm just trying to remember it because pete's not on the album is he no it's damon
0: okay yeah i think that sounds familiar to
3: me yeah um, so we did these two nights and they were amazing they are amazing At, sold out straight away you know for this uh, anyway so lots of money raised for the charity which was great the album came out the press didn't like it they got dropped by Warners and uh, so I thought right we'll, we'll uh, do our own label and they, and they launched Euphoric Records yes um and they then bought a warehouse um so in in liverpool down at the docks they bought a big warehouse and um and they 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 leased out some of the other floors to businesses and the top floor was euphoric records and they built a recording studio up there um and so on um which was amazing at the time it was amazing and they yeah. so so they decided to go on tour and and it was a case of Pete, do you want to come on tour with us? You know, you've always stood by us. Um, you've been doing all the fan mail. <laughs> well, right, you know, that had
0: been one. The other things you had been in charge of. Yeah,
3: yeah. Some, so um, so yeah. So I used to do all the fan mail and um, because because of. Um, my knowledge and whatnot, I could answer everything really quickly for them and um, anything that I could, you know, I just passed on. And um, so, so I did the, the first, so I did the tour and, um, and what was I doing on it? I think I must've been selling merchandise or something. And, um, and you could kind of see, you know, the band were enjoying it, but the fans coming to the gigs, wanted to hear the old songs and they didn't play any of them. And, um, so yeah, the so poor Damon, uh, oh, sorry, poor Noel, um, yeah. he, he really had it tough. Yeah. You know, um, but he's such a nice bloke. And there is an interview, I think it's on YouTube. You you have to track it down. Uh, I can't remember. I might have sent you the link to you it. You sent
0: it to me. Yes. Yeah. I, I remember.
3: Yeah. Uh, which is quite recent and um, right. About and you know, I think he talks about it because he because he's got a new album coming out or something with with uh, Saint Vitus Dance. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, so I did. I think I must have done about three tours. With them, uh, and that was amazing because uh, it was really going back to basics. It wasn't like the big tour buses, you know, which came later on. Uh, it, was, right. it was, it was a, it was a, it was a van, and we had a sofa, a settee in the back of the van, <laughs> and everyone sat on this settee, and, uh, and we had a trailer with the equipment in, and we're going from gig to gig to gig. And uh, staying in little hotels, and uh, just having a really, really good laugh. And I think Will and Les sort of relished it because there wasn't any of the um, the, the focus on them as there would have been if Ian was with them, um, you know. And it was just, I think it was a case that they could just let the hair down and get on with it and have fun. Um, like the weight had been lifted. Kind yeah, of. yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So, yeah, so I did about three tours with that and that was that was brilliant it was brilliant it's really good fun but at the same time (laughs) i was i was doing ian's solo tours oh right so so i i did
0: um
3: i did the candleland tour uh, and i did that as a fan following him round sort of sleeping on train stations and whatnot as he did. And uh and then he he was always, always accommodating. You know, if you saw me, he said, I'll oh, uh, you're on the guest list, you know, here's a pass, come see me after the gig, you know, you know, and you'd go in the dressing room and it uh, he, he was always really, really, really nice, uh, and still is. Um, yeah. um but and then he I can't remember which. And then I sort of ended up doing a couple of, yeah, then I ended up doing a couple of tours with him doing his merchandise and, and stuff. And uh, and I had the had the gift of the gab. You know, I could sell stuff and sell quite a lot of it. And he, and he liked that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, it was, that, that was, I did a, I must have done. I think I must have done. But I did um, two two tours. Um, yeah, I did two two UK tours with him, um, and that that was that was good because um, it was that was small venues again, going back to the small venues. And then um, I think I did. I didn't do an electrofiction tour.
0: You did not do an electric.
3: no, program. no. Okay. I saw them live. Uh, yeah, that that was so exciting. yeah, that was that was a, that was great. That you was... know,
0: we've been kind of like reserving part of the you know later catalog so that it can be sort of fresh for us and stuff. but I have a feeling I'm really gonna like electrification. I have not done a deep learning to it yet. Yeah, but it sounds very garagey and just very rocking and
3: like. Yeah, you know, it was you know. um, because they had um, a guy called Mike Lee on drums, and he'd played with uh, Page and Plant, you know, Jimmy Page and uh, Robert Plant, this drummer, and he was just he used to smash the drums, you know, really hard, and well, just used to freak out on the guitar. You know, uh just playing really heavy, and it was really, really good. Um Yeah, th- that that was that was exciting, but public didn't like it. <laughs> but, uh,
0: Who did it? The public?
3: The public didn't really
0: oh, like it
3: that much, which because at the okay. time it was all happy Mondays and yeah, you know, all this sort of acid house stuff coming in. Yeah, uh, not as
0: much music. guitar-based music.
3: Yeah, yeah. But uh, when when you
0: okay, when you weird.
3: go on, yeah when you go on YouTube and things like that and you look at the uh, the videos of them they think oh yeah that was great it was great yeah yeah so uh, yeah but then um, and then I, I've done crikey, I've done loads of bunny tours um, which have been nice You know, yeah. that, that that's yeah. the yeah. So, you know, places like Italy and um, uh, America. Um... You've
0: been to America
3: with Yeah, yeah. Did the, did the ultimate, which was the west coast to the east coast. It was from L.A. to New York uh, by tour bus. Um, wow. And all of us just on the tour bus together. And... Uh, doing festivals on the way and uh yeah that that was good that was really 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 good yeah and they've
0: been doing that ever since they never (laughs) seem to stop like we're always we always have a yeah to report
2: on yeah yeah
3: amazing now because I think they're probably. I mean, I, I was talking to Peasy, the the manager, the other day, actually, and um, and I was saying to him, I I think they're bigger now than they virtually ever have been, and he was saying, yeah, because it's completely new generation picked up on them.
0: They do. Uh, yeah. You know, All I mean, you know this from Instagram. There's so many kids. Yeah, You know, if I follow back and I'm like, oh my gosh, these are, dude, this is a high schooler. (laughs) Yeah. You know, they're
3: all... all... Yeah, it's things like uh, Stranger Things and uh, 13 Reasons Why, uh, 13 Reasons, whatever it's called. Um, It just woke them up to a new generation and uh, particularly with Donnie Darko. um, Well, that was huge. I still don't stamp that film, but I love it. And, uh, you know, things like that have just woken them up to a a whole new uh audience um which is amazing absolutely amazing you know and in the uk um they're looked upon um as sort of how in my when i was younger i would have looked upon the doors as being one of these iconic bands that's how the bunny men are, are looked upon you know, here, you know, it, is, it may be the same in America, I don't know, but they're looked upon as this sort of influential band, um, yeah. And so, they're
0: looked at as a band, Their, you know, dignity and self-respect, Yeah. you know, they never were overexposed, and you know, the, the insularity was often criticized, and they could have been bigger, but I think it's really paid off in the end. Yeah, um,
3: I agree. I agree.
0: No, I agree. Just having they were always cool. <laughs> they were never, you know, pandering, and that is pretty refreshing in a way. And a lot of other I've noticed, like a lot of the the old rivals, like U two, they've really like I don't know they've come around <laughs> to you know acknowledging that they were amazing. And well, yeah.
3: the U two thing's a bit of a funny one because I was. um I was I had a chat with Les about this. I said it was the rivalry. He said no, there wasn't any rivalry. The rivalry was Ian um, thought he was right.
0: Uh, totally.
3: Yeah, it was Ian, and he and and Les was saying that whenever they used to play um, in Ireland, in in Dublin, the um, what's the is it Larry the the drummer is it? Yep. Yeah, That's... Larry would always. Oh, wait. Turn up oh, yeah, that, and uh, and they'll all go back to his house, <laughs> you know, and hang right. out. You know, so th- th- there was this sort of self. You know, everyone got on, uh, but there wasn't really you know a massive rivalry at all.
0: It made yeah. for such great comedy.
3: It's like when um, did in say not well, a couple of years ago about uh, Liam Gallagher. And it's, oh, uh, yeah. it's something about tattooing it across his forehead or something. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes.
3: But they're, they're good mates. <laughs> yeah. I know, right. Yeah, and, just, but it gets know. headlines. It gets headlines. And, you know, the biggest band of them all, you yeah. know, Coldplay. Yeah. Yes, totally.
0: Yeah. Uh, what's the man? What's his name? Chris
3: is? Martin.
0: Yes. And yeah. they're good friends.
3: Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. So um, because the... The, with the Chris Martin thing, that that, that started with um, because one of the, the Bunnymen uh, have have two managers. Uh, it's like a management company called uh, um, what's it called Oxygen Music, which is Peasy and a guy called Pete uh, Pete Byrne, and uh, Pete Byrne is also the manager of the guy who produced Coldplay's records. You see, okay. I do know producers, ad managers, to be honest, but uh, and right. the men at the time, used to have their management office was at um, Par Street Studios, and he said to this music producer, come and do the Coldplay's album at Parr Street Studios, and that's how it all started, you know, and Ian just decided to walk into the studio while they are recording. And go, you don't want to do it like that. You want to do this.
0: So, I wanted to ask a, you know, kind of an aside. I think I'm the only one who thinks this. But I find Les to be kind of mysterious? <laughs> I can't get a sense of who he is. Is he as, you know, as much of like a, as a, he just seems like such a sweet, energetic, amiable guy. Is that, is that how you would see? He seems gregarious when I hear, when he's written about, but then he seems just really kind and reserved in interviews. And I don't know. I just wondered if you, had anything to say about the guy
3: it's he, probably one of the nicest people i've ever met
0: that's what uh, it seems like i wondered yeah. if that was real really true yeah yeah
3: it is um he's very <laughs> yeah. um he's very warm and welcoming and uh he's always he's, you know he's always had time for me he's always made yeah. time for me um and you know, he'd, he'd invite you around to his house, you know, when I used to do, an in, wanted to do an interview for the fanzine or something, um, you know, so i come round to my house, Pete, you know, we'll do it there, and it's like, well, okay, that's, <laughs> that's good of you. Um, and he's he's now living in Australia. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he lives in Australia now. Um, he emigrated a few years ago. Um, oh. And he's... Uh, building boats in, of
0: course in australia
3: okay. yeah
0: um it's amazing to me that he the the boat building he's so been so resolute and just solid in that
2: yeah suit. yeah,
0: yeah he, he is
3: the he's the biggest um non- pop star who's a pop star
0: yeah that you'd ever meet (laughs) and he and no and he wears it so well and he looks so great on stage and he's such an amazing musician and then you know but he'd rather build a boat he just yeah you know now i want to kind of return to our our chapter titles because this is a long list but we've covered some of it we've talked about the zine the first thing is going to les's 40th birthday party i'm guessing
3: so les's 40th birthday so right, I tell you what the best way to do this. I shall. We, I'll keep my answers short. <laughs> okay,
0: that's okay. Rich. And
3: you fire them at me in any any order. In any order. Um, right. Okay, Les's fortieth birthday party. Um, yeah. So I was new into the house, um, and um, at the the house in Liverpool um with the band and um jake said to me oh would you like i just got home from work and um and he said jake said oh do you want to come to uh leslie's 40th and i was like pardon and he said "Would you like to come to leslie's 40th birthday party at his house and i was like um yes so we, I mean, we got in like the, the famous black band happened. And uh, we we drove over to to Les's in Southport and uh, in the corner at the lounge was the famous double bass that he played um, on. Was it on the Life at Brian's where he's playing the the big double bass? He plays it as as if he's playing the bass guitar on it. And uh, Will was there as well. Ian wasn't there. Um, they, I said, to, I remember saying to Les, Where's Ian? He won't turn up to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. But as a, you know, and, and I remember going into um, uh, the, the, the um, because he, that was uh, Les's wife and Will's wife um, were both models and uh, I don't know if you know this, but they were both models and they, no, I um, know Les and Will met them both at the same time. And I think it was in Japan. I think they were modeling in Japan. The The thing that, that really stuck out for me was uh, was in his kitchen at the time. <laughs> um, the, he had uh, this wooden, I don't know what you call it, uh, that goes across the front of the curtains, the top of the curtains. And uh, it had rabbits cut into it, bunny rabbits. And uh, I said, I like your rabbits, Les. You know, well, I'm in a band, with rabbits. So I thought I'd uh, put some rabbits into the house. So I remember going into work the next day and it's like, oh, what did you do last night? So I uh, went to Les Patterson's uh, 40th birthday party. Yeah,
2: right pleasure pain
0: and you know it's so interesting to me too that you you know they're a, this truly truly you know monumental this famous band mm. um, in this sort of medium-sized town in a way i mean it's a larger city yeah, yeah but it, yeah. it's i mean it, it was still like you know you could would you just see them walking around Like yes. You see Fugazi. yeah Fugazi walking around in dc okay yeah and just legends in town and yeah. did they kind of keep to themselves like how did they deal with fame just walking out and going um, out into the public
3: brilliant you know um, if anyone wanted an autograph or anything they'll do it Um, they they just took it in the stride you know um, I think they they realise you know how lucky they are uh, with the position they're
0: in because Ian makes it sound like you know the town just like he could just walk around and go into a pub and it would be the town was pretty cool yeah but did they have like you know
3: I think Ian does have a, pa- a free pass for anywhere in Liverpool. Great. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Um, where, where, with the others because they they sort of live outside of Liverpool. Um, it, it, it was it was a case of you, you know, it was particularly in the states actually. Um, if you if did if the band had done the sound check, you know, there's the gap between the sound check and the gig you know so we normally go and f- try and find some secondhand, sh- some thrift stores or um record store or something yeah. and uh, you know we'll wander around you would get the odd kid who is in the know who'd go oh you're in echo and the bunny man aren't you and uh, you know will sign autograph or whatever you know absolutely no issue at all and then you go into into the records shop and um, it normally get recognised in the in the record shop. And uh, again, it would just be, sign the autographs, absolutely no issue at all. Uh, yeah. Take it as it comes, you know. Um, they don't get prima donna about it all or anything like that. No.
0: Yeah, they do seem to really, like, you know, I imagine at, like, the height of the Bunnyman craze that it would yeah. get intense, but they seem to have that kind of resolute, um, we are just regular people. That, yeah. yeah, 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 they are, you know.
3: they are. Yeah, you know, there's um, in in I know there is in, in the states, but I, in in the UK, there's there's a core cool bunch of fans who've uh, followed them since way way back, and they still go. You know, if I if I go to a gig, and you'll still bump into them. There's people, um, um, you know. There's it's guy. Have you watched the film? Um, there's a documentary of the Bunny men. I think you'll find it on YouTube. Um, it, it's about an hour long, and it's about when they played at Liverpool Institute of Performing Arts. And there's there's a load of us in the pub beforehand, and I get interviewed when I'm very young. <laughs> oh. And well, um, I it's, I it's, called, it's called Meet the Bunnymen.
0: Well, yeah, I have seen that.
3: Yeah, and that bunch of people that they um, interviewed because I'm in it and I, I say something like, oh, they're the most important band to come out of Liverpool since the Beatles um, yeah. in some weird accent that I developed that night. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, uh, uh, but all that bunch of people still follow them now. And that's because, you know, because the, the, the band like them, the band will um you know open up to them and accept them, you know. And they do realise that the where they are now because of the fans. Okay, I'm gonna I'm
2: gonna shoot another
3: Okay.
0: Uh, so it says baking le- okay baking lessons with Pete Defrida. Yes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> So I just moved into the house. I was sat in the kitchen, and um, i would seen Pete on stage before, playing away and whatnot. And then Pete arrived. Uh, I heard the door shut, and then um, so there was a bit of party going on in the other room, and uh, I heard this person run into the other room. And uh, he's, he's, he's well-spoken, Pete. He wasn't, obviously, he wasn't from Liverpool. He's, he's quite well-spoken. And, uh, and then he, he came into the kitchen and he went, oh, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the house. Do you know how to make uh, brownies? And I went, uh, I, I have no idea. And he said, well, just read the packet. Then crumble some of this into the mixture as well.
0: Aha. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. I, somehow I knew that was going to be part of it. I've been yeah. listening to yeah. uh, and the,
3: uh, the, that's like, anyway.
0: Wild Swan's new album, too.
3: Yeah. And, uh, and he goes, uh, uh, once they're done, can you cut them up, let them cool down a bit, then bring them in for us? I was like, and I am still like, that's Pete the Faces. Then he, Wandered out and they sort of popped his head back around and went, Welcome again. You'll like it here. <laughs> and then he was gone. And then he was gone and I uh, made the cakes and um, everyone had a good time.
0: Now, one thing I want. I want to ask about because I love love stories. Is how you met your longtime partner of 16 years.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, she's in the other room, so I'm going to shut the door. All <laughs> uh, oh, right. So uh, I met Mary. Um, is um, still living with now, and uh, I met her. I was selling fanzines um for the on the grey album tour on the
2: yeah
3: Yeah. and i sold her a fanzine on the steps of uh, a venue in manchester on that tour now i can still remember selling that fanzine to her and uh, then she went off and that was it gone I was selling merchandise at um, Ian McCulloch, did a show in Liverpool, and this must have been, well, 16 years ago, uh, and she came in, obviously I didn't recognise her, and uh, and said, have you got any t-shirts in small? And I said, no, we've only got large, um, but if you put it in a hot wash, it will shrink, and uh, it'll be fine and uh, and that's um, and anyway one thing led to another and we started dating and then um, I said to her, oh, I used to do a fanzine on the bunny men, and she went oh I bought one in Manchester on the steps of this venue and I was like right I, I remember selling one on the steps of the venue and then uh, she wandered off to the uh, sideboard and produced the fanzine that I sold her. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah.
3: wow. Yeah, wow. so that that's how I met my partner, yeah.
0: Wow. I love a funny <laughs> and love story. So your mutual yeah. love for the band.
3: Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so, so that, that's how, how we met. <laughs>
0: You've got to ask, uh, you know. I don't know how many more you have time for, but I've got to ask. Ian in and the in the large plane restaurant. Well, oh, the magician. The magician.
3: Yeah. The magician. Well, that was. Um, <laughs> this is this is another bizarre. The, um, I I can't remember why I was going to his house. I, I, for some reason, this is when Ian was doing solo. It was, it was around Candleland time. And um, Ian said, uh, "Come, I can't, why was it going around to his house? I can't remember now. I think it may have been something, and uh, it sounds amazing now. Um, I think he may have wanted me to listen to a a demo or something. I, I can't, there was something weird why I went, and I, I remember going round, and uh, I rang the doorbell and he answered the door, <laughs> and uh, and he, and I had uh, had some uh, like uh, I don't know if you, do you call them chinos in trousers the sort of beige trousers. Um, yeah, and, and, I think. So. Uh, and uh, i had a, and a jacket on the same color and i, I didn't realize anyway i like i like the look <laughs> Yeah, you know, i like the uh, the beige look it's good it's good <laughs> and, and i thought right, okay and then we did whatever we did or we'll listen to the music listen to some music and then lorraine popped in <clears throat> And said, "Oh, do you want to come for tea? Uh, we're going to a restaurant on Lark Lane, which is around the corner from the house, Bunnyman House."
2: Um,
3: so th- we ended up. There must have been about five of us, I think, on this table in a um, in an Italian restaurant, and one of them was a magician. <laughs> and uh, and he just got the wine bottle. I still don't know to this day how he did it. He got this wine bottle and he was, and Ian was going, Watch this, watch this. It's amazing. Watch this. And he got this wine bottle. And all the way through it, he was going, Watch it, watch. Are you watching? <laughs> and and he's tapping this coin on it. And then obviously the coin ends up inside the bottle with the wine in there. And, oh. and
0: he's like, How did he? No
3: idea. I still don't know how he did it to this day. And that was a, that was another one. I went to work the next day. Oh, what did you do last night, Pete? Um, <laughs> I, I, I was with a magician with Ian McCulloch um, from the Bunny Man. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I got any proof? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Anyway, so so that that was the magician story. And
0: and you know that's so funny too because he has like a thing with magic. That's sort of his. He doesn't do any magic tricks though, does he?
3: No, but he does a lot of impressions. uh, Okay. And he is very, 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 very funny. Can uh,
0: he do an American act? He'll have a go,
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he'll do it over-exaggerated. That seems to be his thing. So I've got, I've got, um, there was, I think it was on on the the US tour, um, I had a little video camera and I've got so much footage that, that I can't show <laughs> of, uh, of, <laughs> different impressions. And um, he does a great one with, uh, uh, they're, they're not inappropriate. They're just... just. Um, yeah,
0: they're just dead on of people probably. Yeah. You know?
3: the, he does one, um, he kind of goes into this American accent and he sat on the sofa with Billy Duffy yeah you know from the cult the guitarist from the cult
0: oh okay and yeah
3: yeah, him and billy (laughs) and uh ian's doing this uh he kind of (laughs) does this he makes like a gun with his finger and he always yeah. and spins it up into the air, you know, as if he's shooting in the air. I don't know why why he does it, but and he and has he, those
0: long fingers too. I see yeah. him
3: do that gesture and shows stuff. So. Yeah, and he, he kind of does <laughs> his thing. and uh, he's like going, Oh you know, and <laughs> Billy's like looking at him going, "Hey, what are you doing, mate?" <laughs> you
2: know, oh, oh.
3: On edge. you set my teeth on edge. You think you're a never
0: come
2: out of the oh!
0: yeah i feel like you only get you know just a glimpse at how kind of entertaining he would be you know in person in interviews because you know
2: yeah yeah
0: but, but i just imagine being thoroughly he's just so entertaining as a as a human, which is such an advantage when you're the lead singer of a band. It's not often that someone's that no. wildly, you know.
3: No, no, but he is a very, spectacle.
0: Very funny. Yeah. Is, yeah,
3: yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's very, very, very funny. So, which is good. Which is good.
0: Yes. Okay. Do you have time for one more question? Yeah,
3: sure. Yeah.
0: Okay. We're trying to get a sense of. I don't know, our British heritage and what it's like over there. And, you know, as Americans, we are not as educated as you all are (laughs) about, you know, history, geography, just anything. So we're interested in British identity. But when you said that Pete DeFritis like, taught, he was well-spoken, but he clearly wasn't from Liverpool. Like no. how, yeah, what, you know, what is the the north and south? What is, I don't even know how to ask, because I'm What's wondering if difference? it's like here in the south where we talk like, you know, a southern accent. And... <laughs> um, well, the,
3: the, in the north, um, the north of the country is traditionally, um, what, what we would say was working class. Um, It's where the industry, you know, it's where your coal mining, where your factories, where the cotton mills all used to be. And the the southern part of of the country would be where um, your sort of more, uh, the financial side, the office side, the softer side, um yeah. we have we have we have a phrase of uh, southern softies um, and yeah. we we um we would in the north we like to think we're friendlier more approachable more oh. um you know more open uh, to people um we're not as um held upon things uh, sort of materialistic things um and i i would say that the northerners are very very proud to be northern um as well uh, you yeah, know it it kind of i think it must go back to the you know sort of, um sort of looking out for each other um where we always the northerners will always take the the mickey out of the southerners a little bit you know uh well you, you there's still to this day you know we'll, we'll have banter because my the company i work for their head office is in london and um when i go down there they'll they'll take them they'll, they'll, te- they'll tease me about my accent and uh you know and i always tease them so it's always you know it's it's nothing nasty, it's friendly rivalry, but there is a rivalry um, between it, between the North and the South, definitely, definitely. And the North is the best, we all know that, <laughs> so. Uh,
0: right, oh, I yeah. love this kind of thing. I mean, it's endlessly fascinating to me.
2: Yeah. There's, there's
0: a combination of you all like feeling stronger and more like friendly and open. That's an interesting combination yeah I, you know, I think that in the u s that any kind of friendly rivalry is kind of tainted by this shame of slavery. So that right. our regions get kind of like Southern pride. Mm-hmm. Mm, you know, when you say I'm proud to be from the south, you, that usually means you're racist and voted for Trump. <laughs> right. Whereas I think the north, you there is a real sense of pride. And then Scotland, we're trying to wrap our heads around.
3: Well, Scotland, um, it's, it, it, you, you're asking a, a, a real interesting time because uh, we've just had our elections. We were well, just
0: reading about it as yes. London fans. We were <laughs> so.
3: Yeah, so as what we, 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 you know, um, and the... The
0: country, and this can be off the record if you like. No, 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 honest. no,
3: it's fine, it's fine, okay. not, not at all. And the, the country has voted um, for Boris um, as Prime Minister and massively voted for him, uh, where the Labour Party um, have lost, um, I think, 50 what MPs, you know, uh, 50, what we call them, seats, Um, So the Conservative Party, which is basically the equivalent of uh, Trump um, in England,
2: um,
3: have just massively gained, just massively gained. Um, And a lot of it's connected to uh, Brexit, um, which is the most ridiculous thing ever. Um, You know, we we should stay in Europe. Um, Europe's a a, a great thing. Um, And... um, but the majority of the country voted that they didn't want to be in Europe. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of it was from the North, uh, from these smaller communities in the North where um, there hasn't been as much um, sort of development for jobs and, uh, and so on. And they, they want to change. And the, the North has really turned around and voted um for boris which um was unheard of unheard of um so it, it's like um you know the the north you know where the like you were saying where the south vote for you know for for um the for, for the president now um yeah. for trump uh imagine the, the north voting for trump you know th- th- those safe um uh states uh, that you just didn't think would vote for trump or voting for trump um, that's what's happened in, in in england at the moment so it's all in a very very strange place Um yeah yeah Yeah. So, but the 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 Bunnymen are very. They've always been a, um, a working class band. They've always been um, sort of labour uh, labour party um, right. band. Uh, and and uh, I, I don't know if you know this, but the song Never Stop um, is a is an anti-Margaret Thatcher song.
0: Yes, I've read that.
3: Yeah. 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 So. Um, and Peasy, who's the manager of the band, he's very um, involved with the Labour Party, um, you know, trying to stick up for uh, people who haven't got much, um, you know, helping them and stuff. So yeah, yeah. So it's um, it's it's a bit of a weird time in the UK at the moment. uh,
0: (laughs) welcome welcome to the weird times Um, yeah yeah we're trying to impeach trump right now do you think
3: it'll happen
0: i mean he will always have it on his record that he was you know impeached by a branch of government but i don't know if we will get him out of office because you know once someone's in they generally stay obviously yeah but also, you know, I don't know if it's similar with you all, but only 20% of the people in this country voted for him. Wow. And then yeah, that something, you know, we have the Electoral College, the that's right.
2: Of, yeah.
0: There's that. Mm. Uh, we're probably getting beyond the scope of the bunny men, but <laughs> I do hope that uh, you know. <laughs> I do love about them that they are a a liberal band. But it's also, you know, like you said, a working class, a people's band. Yes. And they're not overly political, but I kind of love the fact that they do have politics that I believe is like centered in a morality and just, yeah, mutual care and all the working class principles. <laughs> I just can't thank you enough for coming on. That's
3: fine, that's fine. So yeah, so I'll I'll look forward to listening to my voice.
0: (laughs) I know, right? Isn't it
3: weird?
0: (laughs) Also, it's just so nice to talk to you. You know, I find that everyone that that I speak to that's connected with the band, everyone is so, I don't know, kind and thoughtful, it seems like. I just feel like a real goodness surrounding this band. And, I don't know, we're just so grateful to be a part of cataloguing some of the history in some small way. Yeah, no, it's just been, It's changed our lives, really. We've learned so much.
3: Yeah. And the band know the, about what you do as well.
0: Oh, they do? Yeah. Uh, well, I hope, you know, their you kids like never...
3: They do. So I can promise you that. I'm <laughs> not going to say it.
2: So.
0: Wow. That um my heart just skipped a beat. I hope that we uh you know are doing them a service, you know, and we and we do wanna be really respectful of their of their legacy. Right. Well wow. it's
3: be speaking to you.
0: Yes, you too. So, thanks. Right. Bye. Bye bye. First, I want to say, we didn't get off the phone that abruptly. That was editing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, because we had like a little chat, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, and then you guys talked for a while, even off recording.
0: Yes, we did. Right? Yeah. Yeah, we did. I mean, the sweetest. Yeah, he wasn't just like, okay, well, bye. (laughs) But I had to edit it that way because I'm like... Well, thank you. I just want well, thank you again. And crackle, crackle, and delay, delay. Thank so. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, wasn't that was that special? It's, like,
1: it's the accent show. It was like <laughs> the, you and Dolphus a couple episodes that's ago.
0: What, oh my god, that's what all those things said. He said this should be your your accent series. <laughs> These three episodes, but I think there's was only like five now.
1: Because Shannon also has. She's kind of a. She has kind of a hillbilly accent too. But <laughs> she's from Tennessee or
0: something. Listen, yeah. we the you only can person who doesn't have an, have an accent is, <laughs> uh, is uh Allison Renner. Yeah, Allison Renner. She's from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah, she doesn't didn't have an come accent here like this. No. But most of us bunny fans, men fans, <laughs> I think that we, you know, have something in common with yeah. each other.
1: If you don't know what we're talking about, just catch up on our interviews.
0: Okay, so here's my question about what he said. So, okay, and, and just something that I just want to paint the picture. So, to me, all British people sound like they could be the fucking king, the Duke of... They all graduated from Princeton. Seriously, like, he, <laughs> he's talking about... And he, I'm just like, God, you're so smart. But um, but he was talking about how Pete is, like, well-spoken. So, in that house, what was going on is like, Oh, man, watch Will... You go drive that four wheel right up them stairs and then out of there, you know it's like yeah and then out of that comes excuse me everyone that's Pete does anyone know how to make any brownies so that's kind of like I'm trying to sleep cause he apparently like he has a northern accent so oh. he, I'm so glad he cleared up the north south thing that's all I wanted to talk about the rest of the interview yeah that was interesting to, that was so because what do you say friendlier in the north. And that's what my friend Liana, who went, th- I've been to London. Yeah. It was the only place that I've ever been where, like, you know, you get, like, a rundown of each country. You arrive in, like, you know, East Germany, and they're like, okay, so here's the deal, like. Switzerland, you'd arrive there and they'd be like, okay, you know, we all feel like we don't have an identity. This is our whole deal. Yeah. Like we're really rich. We know we weren't really neutral during the war. You know, they just tell you their thing. When I went to England, nobody tells you their yeah. thing.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah. But, Lon- but England, they don't tell you anything about themselves. I've only been to London. They didn't tell me anything when I got there. It was like, hello, very polite. Hello, how are you? Yeah. I did not have one lengthy conversation while i was there
1: so what do you do
0: yeah it was a little more like that and just not but anyway i love how the north is is friendlier and tougher the north is like the pony boy from
1: fucking yeah just knightly
0: yeah it does sound like that chivalry well (laughs) it's like they're tough but they have a heart of gold. Yeah. That's how I think of the bunny men too. So I like that part of the conversation. Yeah. Um, it
1: was a good convo.
0: Anything stick out to you?
1: I don't really remember because we were recording <laughs> this right after doing the intro and I would listen to it in several days. <laughs> but at the time yeah. of listening to it, several things stood out to me. <laughs> none of which come to mind at the moment in <laughs> my current state. So... Right. Uh, apologies for that <laughs> uh, but I, I think that uh yeah it was great I know that much
0: you really liked it
1: I loved it I felt like I was just it was just pure bliss
0: like you just want to put it all on 79 minutes on the of it
1: seat. was pure bliss <laughs>
0: uh really uh, it was
1: comforting I should probably listen to it when I go to bed tonight
0: let's do Let's just give it a final listen and make sure everything's in place. Okay. Um,
1: well, thanks a lot, everybody.
0: Yeah, thank y'all as always. Um, next episode, we're going to get to some letters that are interesting, but we're also going to um, uh-huh. do other things. There's just a few, we need to do a little update about that, about a special guy wrote us about his journeys. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah, we have some little. Real cool. Big and,
1: surprises. Yeah. And All we right. don't
0: have another interview lined up right now. So it's just going to be... I know. I want to just... Uh, we got to get some...
1: Maybe we'll get some some heavy hitters down the road. You never know. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. See what happens. See where the... Stuff the but, you know, but we also need to move forward on the timeline. So get yeah. ready for that.
1: When Courtney says that, we're talking about advancing the plot here. The plot, yes. Yeah, moving we... forward on the timeline.
0: Because it's... Because uh... we're
1: following... Their trajectory in fine detail over the timeline <laughs> the of their career. Years, yeah, if we all. So yeah. we got to get into like, okay, now they're a band, what next? <laughs> <laughs> Episode 25. <laughs> Will they record an album? <laughs> Let's find out. Tune signed. in to find You <laughs> already know the answer. Hold on. Yes. This is kind of like. <laughs>
0: What's like, gonna happen?
1: What's gonna happen next week?
0: <gasps> Tune in to find out. Will they get a record deal? Oh. Will they write a whole album? Will they Is Ian gonna meet the girl of his dreams? Tune in next week on is there an echoing? That was beautiful. Oh, just when I hear those first few notes of that song, my heart just melts. All right, you can write us a letter at Echo In Here Podcast at Gmail dot com. You can find us on Instagram. Uh, you can find us. You know, I'm not gonna check. I can't check Facebook, but have you know? I'll read all your emails and your Instagram messages. Yeah,
1: that's right. That's right. And uh, I will.
0: Everybody stay well, stay healthy.
1: Uh, We love you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. You know, life is precious.
1: Take it (laughs) easy. Take it (laughs) easy.